Y'all still giving all y'all money and letting these white folks capitalize off the trauma their ancestors created. Make it make sense. When will you learn you will never be seen as equal? Maybe an asset, but not equal. The only reason you got access or a key to the door or access to the club is because your wealth makes you a business arrangement, not a colleague. You have to understand that. Learn how to play the game. I'm not going to stroke your ego just so you can give me an opportunity. Um, such a rebellious spirit that is part of my temperament is just that probably is uh, <laughs> um, why I don't have really many opportunities because I don't really sell myself for, for anything. Like, I don't feel like I have to prove myself. But a lot of times in this world, people are so ego-driven that if you're not stroking their ego, if you're not doing something for them, or if you're not making them feel like, I'm that bitch, I'm that nigga, yada, 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 like overly proving yourself, feeling like you have to do all this jump through hoops. Nigga, my work speaks for itself. So you either see that or you don't. It's not, it's your loss. On to the next one. Like, I be getting irritated when people feel like, you're not doing enough to gain, like, some access to whatever. Either do you want money or or not? Because I'm not giving you anything else. So it's like, that stuff, we just, I'm sorry, that just be irritating me. Like, we can make this a business interaction or we can go our separate It's just simple as that. Uh, also, another random thing. So I just want, like, women out there. Um, I don't like pointing out just, it, this. first of all, disclaimer. When I point out things about women or men, it's not like a shot at women or men. It's not a a generalized bashing. It's just something that I observed. It doesn't mean that men don't do it or women don't do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just these are things that I observe, and I just want to eliminate the narrative around certain things a lot of times, especially in media and reality TV. And I do watch reality TV, but I watch a lot of things on TV. And the reason why I do it is because media is one of the biggest manipulators. And sometimes I watch it just to see, because now that I can detach from it and be more conscious of the way that my emotions are being controlled and programmed and the subliminal messages and yada, yada, yada. And me and my husband actually talk through shows and get real life perspectives on it. And, you know, we, we release things that we feel like are not pertaining to us now that we are at that level of consciousness I can watch it and explain and and express things that I feel I see that are detrimental to the community and the collective but yeah so as far as women you know I know a lot of us are waking up to our divine feminine energy and just you know recognizing our worth and recognizing the uh, ways in which we have been neglecting our own needs and ourselves and what have you but in that, there needs to be accountability, for one. But that's not the purpose. What I was going to say is stop clowning your choices. You're either going to be with this man 
or not. Because when you downplay your man to not make a to make another woman who has a sorry nigga like feel comfortable, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is okay to have a good man. I feel like a lot of times in our community we feel a need to humble ourselves and this is why we create this fake modesty because there's so much misery and suffering and bitterness around us that we feel like when we don't have those things, when we actually are in good, you know, decent um, relationships and it is not the end of the world. And we, you know, we're just not in so, in so much pain in life and we're actually happy or have moments of bliss and joy that we don't feel like we can share that with others because we were either projecting that black people have this level of misery, love company, or it's actually a, a thing where people downplay your happiness or success and so you don't feel comfortable expressing that you know your relationship isn't that bad or your life isn't that bad and instead of using it as an opportunity to give advice you use it as a opportunity or or a moment of connecting and bonding through your trauma and continuing this cycle of complaining and just relatability through the pain and yes it's good to a certain extent but what at what point are you bringing something are you bringing solutions to the party you know what i'm saying like or is this just a conversation of low vibrational energy or are you actually elevating this person to where when they leave you they have some level of insight some level of new consciousness new awareness new perspective that is gonna um continue to heal black love you know what i'm saying so it's like don't get consumed in the media and reality shows and these narratives that they're constantly trying to perpetuate in black love and to, you know, breaking up that dynamic, um, which has been since the dawn of time, freaking slavery. But just be aware of ways in which your reality gets turned upside down and and try to stay in control of things and regulate it you know some things are brought to your attention because they may need healing but you also have to know how to like not exacerbate it or blow it out of proportion or catastrophize it or whatever you want to call it like and just kind of see it from a grounded level-headed perspective and just seeing things just contemplate on like just have compassionate conversations bring it up or whatever if it's triggering something in you, if it's resonating with you in some way, bring it up in a calm manner and don't be like, ah, yeah, yeah, or, or, or vice versa. Like, yeah, man, that's how females is. Like, just let the male and female narratives go that we carry. Like, those toxic, um, uh, degrading or belittling or um, just stagnant mindsets of how we perceive black men and black women. Let those go. You be the exception and learn how to detach from those who are not the exception because every black person, every black relationship does not look the same and you can be that relationship that does not look the same as the stereotype, you know what I'm saying, as the statistic. Or whatever they want to portray as the stereotype or the statistic or whatever the label. 
So, yeah, like, you don't have to downplay or say, oh, girl, my man, this and that, too. So, uh, yeah, they just this and yeah, they did that. No, no. Because ultimately, your man has not cheated on you every every month. And your man has not uh, beat you every month. So, him freaking leaving the toilet seat up and doing that, all that petty crap is not the same as being these actual abusing um vicious beings and even even though they have vicious tendencies even they are suffering so in the end of the day we all need some level of healing but what i'm saying is there is a spectrum of behavior and there is a spectrum of healing and so just keep that in mind and and, and don't fall in the traps of I, i don't even know how to say it but yeah just just keep it in mind reflect as always, keep God first. Peace, love, light. Peace out. <clears throat> spiritual women, be aware of men in power of the spiritual community, you know, business owners, whatever, who are, how can I say, manipulating your divine feminine energy um, and the need to be a thirst trap for their unhealed sexual desires and needs and fantasies. And only giving you opportunities based on your sexual um, advances or, or how can I say, not being committed to anyone, not being in relationships, not being married. You know, looking for the single, young, naive woman who is such a free spirit that she feels like, you know, sex is a superpower and really she's just being manipulated for their own personal gain. Also, um, another topic, crabs in a barrel. I was watching the Kanye West thing, and he was talking about how Jay-Z said, shoot, crabs shouldn't be in a barrel, and it's so true. That kind of goes to the whole criminology one-on-one thing that I, I did the other day. Like, there is this mentality, there is a stigma on black people that we're very competitive against each other, and it's because the barrel for black people is the system. We've been put in something that we should not even be in, and we're expected to act normal or accordingly when we're in a situation that's not normal or accordingly if you want to say that you know what i'm saying like crabs not supposed to be in a freaking barrel they're supposed to be in the beach on the sand in the water and so you don't expect them to climb on top of each other to get out when honestly that's a survival tactic and it's actually pretty ingenious but then you look at it into the real world it's basically you know black people feeling like there's scarcity there's lag they don't know what's on the other side when really there's a whole world on the other side of that barrel so yeah, we may feel like we have to crawl over each other, but we're really working as a team. If we can grab each other's claws as we crawl up, then we can pull each other through. You know what I'm saying? So it's like instead of stepping on top of each other, let's connect and pull each other up. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I know the system, in, uh, a.k.a. The, the barrel, is not something we're supposed to be in, but that's why we, we make that, we crumble it down by defeating it, by coming together. There's more power and strength in us connecting and collaborating and working together as one and not hating on each other, not being envious of each other and not being resentful of each other. Sometimes it's hard when you see someone doing the same thing you want to do and you see them gaining the success at a higher rate, but don't let the algorithm of social media and and seeing thousands of likes, you don't even know if that's real. You don't even know if this is just a, a image to put uh, feelings of inferiority or you know defeat into you you don't know anything about these people's lives or what they went through or what they're doing to get to the places they are so just stay on your path focus on you focus on your goals and stop uh being envious of people because you don't know you want to walk in their shoes so bad but you don't know what they've been to 
you know, you don't know what their feet look like under those shoes. You don't know what their story is. So just focus on yourself. Stay in integrity. Stay in um on your path and look at them as inspirations. Like I like I take tips from people. If I see somebody who's successful who does the same thing I do, I try to say, Oh, okay. They're inspiring me. Or they they're putting a fire under my belly. You know what I'm saying? Like they're putting a fire up my <laughs> under my butt. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're they're pushing me to do better. And, oh, I like how they did this or this flyer looks cool. Oh, I didn't even think about doing that. And it's not like copying. It's just each one teach one. Every the information we have is free. It's about knowing how to tap into it and knowing how to see it from another perspective and knowing how to gain, get something out of the smallest things. I can get a message out of a commercial. I can get a message out of a TV show. It's just about how conscious and how awake and how aligned with your higher self and the symbolisms and the sub subliminals or whatever else you want to say and knowing how to be above it and detach from it and just make your own autonomous and independent and sovereign decisions. But yeah, I just had to get that off. It's something else, but I can't think of it right now. That's all. Oh, a big pet peeve of mine. Ugh, flakes. I get it, bro. But people going through stuff. But so am I. I went through whole spiritual awakenings, and that didn't stop me from reaching out to people and, and checking in on people. I'm really getting tired of the whole people reaching out to you. Nigga, you asked me to do something, and then you come and you flaking on me and stuff. Like, I ain't got time for all this. Like, you wasted my whole day. Like, I could have stayed away. I could. You don't know what I did to to make arrangements around what we were supposed to do. And it's like, you're just so inconsiderate. Like, there's a difference between understanding, being understanding and compassionate and being a fool. And at this point, I'm being a fool because I've let you do this over and over and over and over and over again. I have so many people who I know who just be flaking last minute, this event, that event. I get it. We, have, we all have lives and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, people show you who they got enough energy to build a relationship with. And I'm not going to lie, friendship, family, that those are hard relationships. They're like a job, another job. So I get it. Everybody's trying to come up and do their focus on their life. So just realize that the more energy you're pouring into other people, you have to ask yourself, are they pouring the same energy back to you, your family, your legacy? No, because at the end of the day, they're focusing on building their legacy. They're not focusing on contributing to yours. So that's why you have to keep that energy to yourself and stop spreading yourself so thin, pouring your cup empty because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to know how to – that's a, 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 a the aspect of feeling the need to prove yourself and – uh, be a people pleaser or you know abandonment issues or just feeling the need to be the likable person for everybody like nigga you ain't gotta like me I know I'm a good person and it's honestly your loss <laughs> real talk because I know what I put and what I bring to any relationship and and I'm not just saying intimate like any relationship that I have I know who I am and that's that's the thing the biggest key to life is knowing who you are when you know who you are can't nobody tell you who you are. Can't nobody tell you who you should be, what you should be. Nothing because you that you have that level of confidence, and that is a level of resilience. And that's what keeps you going. Shoot. In this world, for our children, we have to learn how to build their foundation strong enough to withstand the tornado and the hurricanes of this world because if they're not, then the world's going to tear them down. We are the foundation of the house that they are going to build. And if it's not strong enough to withstand the world, the tornado and the hurricane of the world, they're going to be, <laughs> you want to prevent your child from being a, a spiritual free agent. That's all I'm going to say on that for now. But yeah, just a couple things I want to get off my head. That, that just pissed me off. <laughs> all right. Bye. What is criminology? Um, to me, 
criminology is left up to society. But I don't feel like so, it's it's a character personality trait more so of a behavioral um choice because I was kind of watching this um I followed this uh, mom she's a psychologist black I really love her because she has a very well-rounded perspective and she has a lot of empathy for I feel like people of color and minorities and stuff like that and you know she she kind of like dropped the gym which is something like I kind of um I totally agree with in my um perspective she was basically saying they're not necessarily good or bad people it's good or bad choices and that goes for children too because that's what she is she's a um a child psychologist but I totally agree because I don't feel like criminology is something that you innately are I feel like yes your environment and your circumstances can kind of push you towards that lifestyle but I do feel like criminology is a is a um an adaptation of survival and poverty and suffering and desperation. And that is not and that people who truly have compassion and empathy and deep understanding know that most people, especially of color who live in poverty stricken environments or, or what people may um, define as chaotic environments, they're not innately ill will people. They're doing what they have to do to, a lot of times to provide for their families and for themselves and they have that wasn't always their first option people automatically assume that oh you just chose that that way and and no other way a lot of times people have chosen the good way first and they've had and they've had many doors closed in their face so as a result they're kind of like okay the world's basically pushing me to be this criminal to pushing me to take what i have asked for and um i kind of quoted Tupac's he has a video where he kind of talks about how you know a person who's starving you know the the first they start off ask you please we're hungry please let us in or you know uh, give us some food you know can we have some food and the, I'm not quoting it word for word or you know I don't really know word for word but you can look it up and try to find it and so you know he's knocking on the door asking you know we're we are hungry please let us in we are hungry please let us in it starts off singing and then, you know, it's like, okay, we are hungry, King, please let us in. Then it's like, banging, now I'm banging on the door. I'm busting this down, like, low-key, like, basically, like, okay, I've asked you several times to please help me, and you choose not to help me, so now I'm going to be forceful with it. And that's the idea of criminology to me and for a person, for people, for a people who are suffering, you know what I'm saying? And we get all these labels and these, uh, laws that are put onto crimes that we would most likely co- commit, and I feel like um, criminology is shifted to to how can I say target certain groups of people? Because if you think about, like, just for example, um, stripping, stripping is technically legal, but what if all of a sudden they just made it illegal, and they really won't because sex sells, but because we live in a patriarchal society, and that is a, a feasible profession because their manners in somewhat control of you know what are they getting like there's a leisurely thing to it um there's a pleasure to it for them 
that, you know, there's a sense of control over a woman's body, even though, you know, she can do it as she wants to empower herself and, and, and provide for her family. But as you see, if that became illegal, do you think women would actually stop doing that? No, they would not because a lot of them are doing it. Yes, they've grown to like it. And you cannot judge a person who has grown to like something that may seem um, unorthodox to you because this is something she has to do. So why would she want to keep herself in a state of, of misery if she knows she has to do it of course she's going to end up enjoying it and, and anyway stripping is it's all about the label and the connotation you add to it what is wrong with the sensual dance sensual dance is is very healing and very empowering and very beautiful it's an art form and just because we've labeled it as something vile dirty or disgusting that is how you perceive it but you have to everything is perspective but my point is is just that so now you've if you've made it illegal now that's going to create a level of criminality. Was she a criminal before? No, she wasn't when it was legal. So it's all about, you know, who decides what criminality is and who's judging it and who's labeling it and, and doing all these things. And, and nobody ever looks at the why or the root or what, why is this person choosing this choice? If people could make money and provide for their families and not suffer, they would criminology wouldn't be at such a high rate you know what i'm saying it's like people don't just choose to want to be criminals and then it's like for the people who who choose their route um who are children yes it may be because they were led to but sometimes it's just because they have been conditioned to to glamorize uh crime in the bad guy like i was telling my husband the other day i say people wouldn't really like the bad guy the bad girl if we weren't conditioned um, with how they sexualize them. You know what I'm saying? Like when you watch a movie and you see the bad guy, you know, he's all sleek and handsome and you see the bad girl, she's all sexy in her leather. And, and even if she's evil, she could be a freaking demon and she's just, but she's so sexy and all this stuff. And I'm like, you don't realize the feelings you feel when you see this person, they're being programmed with you in some way, even if you don't recognize it unconsciously, that is alluring you, that rebellious person that, that becomes sexy. And usually that rebellious person is not that actor or that actress. Usually that rebellious person actually does have some personality traits or behavioral traits that you really wouldn't want in a relationship. So, but yeah, I'm sorry guys. I have a three-year-old and he's in his clingy stage. Boy, I tell you. Can't get a second alone. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, so this person you that you have been kind of like unconsciously conditioned or programmed to to find alluring and attractive and, and, and enticing is not just that fantasy that you see. There there's depth to that. There's actually a personality behind that. And that personality may not match, you know, just the sexual fantasy you have. Now that facade starts to diminish, now that persona starts to diminish as reality really kicks in, you know what I'm saying? And so these are things that you have to like kind of understand when, when you, I have a few videos on media manipulation, but whether it's intentional or not, you just kind of have to understand the things that you consume and how they impact you mentally and how they impact your, um, your unconscious behavior or. Uh, likes and dislikes and desires and and what you are attracting into your life so these are the things that you have to be mindful of and just some wisdom to drop on you and and how the mind works and all this other kind of stuff but yeah um also the quote that the um her name is the mom psychologist so you know if you're um into you know conscious parenting and doing things um a little bit different in your uh, break you know like you know, parenting style or patterns follow her on instagram um i believe it's the mom dot psychologist but she's 
African-American woman, I believe, or you know, black, maybe mixed. I'm not sure. Um, she has curly hair and light skin. She has two daughters. So uh, look her up. Um, her logo is kind of, I think, pinkish, I believe. But um, she had posted a quote that said, hold on, I got to find it. The child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down just to feel its warmth. I believe I quoted that word for word, but I believe it's African Proverbs. Um, yeah, it's African Proverbs, and her name is actually the mom psychologist. There's no period or anything in it, but um, yeah. So that that's kind of she was just asking what is the perspective, and then I just kind of shared my perspective on it, and I kind of just broke it down to you guys. But um, basically, uh, I wanted to see if I could actually find what I put because uh, so that way I can give you word for word. But of course, I can't find it because I'm recording and that's how it works. Oh, here it goes. It says, I put it to natural survival instinct. Criminology is an adaptation to suffering. Those who understand and have true compassion, empathy, and understanding know that people who suffer don't innately have ill will or bad tendencies. But if I've asked 30 times politely for food, then now I'm going to beat the door down out of starvation. Tupac explained this concept so poetically. But yeah, this child's natural needs weren't met, so survival mode resorted them to do what instinctively would have would give them, in a sense, what they needed or desired. And that's basically my interpretation. And she basically, you know, she acknowledged this, and then she kind of reminded me exactly what he said. He's like, yes, we... We we are hungry. Please let us in. And that was his little um, quote that he was saying about that. And so uh, it's it's all about conscious parenting. This this episode kind of touches on a lot of things. It touches on criminology. It touches on conscious parenting. It touches on the compassion and empathy for people who are suffering. And I just kind of that is all my that is a lot of my purpose and my. Um, spiritual teaching is bringing a level of compassion and empathy and a deeper understanding to a people who have been suffering and when I say suffering and surviving and chaos I don't say it from a place of judgment guilt or shame where I feel I feel that energy from other people when they talk about uh you know the African-American culture and uh, and us as a people the people who who are labeled as ghetto ratchet ignorant you know um you don't know what you may feel is ignorant to us may make practical sense. What you may feel is criminal may make practical sense. What you may feel is ratchet or ghetto may be just us being cultural and you being judgmental. And these are the things that I'm trying to make you understand and trying to make you break down your programming and your conditioning that has biases and prejudices that you may not even be aware of. And generally, my listeners are probably going to be black, so you probably understand. But if I have listeners that are not, black or who may have that level of mass mentality because sometimes we as black people we judge we have been conditioned to judge our own people from the mind of the colonizer and that's what I talk about as the mass mentality it is in sense an aspect or construct in our minds that actually thinks the same way as a probably a racist white person and we look at our own people and judge them because in some sense we we feel like they make us look bad and we're just trying to join the white man's club. And this is why we, we are perceived as, as, as ignorant because of people like this or people like that. And when you do so like this, like there's not ignorance in all races. And so, yes, um, my focus is my people, but don't get it twisted. Whenever I'm 
bringing something that I feel like is maybe a bit dysfunctional or um, toxic or whatever it may be in our culture, don't think that I'm just highlighting it as the only people who have issues because all cultures, all races have issues. It's just that a lot of times we are the only ones that are being seen as the, the worst of the worst. But the only reason I'm highlighting it is not to make us look like the worst of the worst. It's because I'm actually trying to cultivate healing. I'm actually trying to cultivate some level of education and to get us out of the level of ignorance that we carry because we do have a level of ignorance in a lot of the gifts and, and, and blessings that could be out there in the spiritual community or just in spirituality in general. And I'm trying to wake us up to make us not change who we are as a people because I love us as a people, not change our culture, not cancel the whole culture, cancel the whole way of being because my divine message that I always receive is balance. It's not about eradicating all of the tradition that we do or all of the ancestral traits that we have adapted, but it's about balancing between the traditional ancestral traits and, and, and generational traits versus the new and what we decide to uh, adopt into our, um, our way of being as a people. Because it's not about thinking everything about our culture is bad and changing it and oh now we have to be like them that's more assimilation that's more um conditioning and programming once again and this is why i say you have to know not to to let spirituality become counterproductive and like basically what you're trying to do to heal yourself you're getting right back into this cycle of this pattern of trying to change yourself to fit in or trying to be something that you're not just to seem less this label list that label the people who are labeling you don't understand you the people who don't understand you should not be prescribing you anything this is why a lot of movements like the doula movement the child work birth worker movement you know what i'm saying like um all these movements are coming about because people are realizing that the people who are rooted within the systems that are supposed to help us are not always in integrity and my balance is I don't just totally denounce traditional Western medicine, Western uh, birth working, uh, hospitals. I don't I don't totally I'm not an extremist. I'm not a black and white thinker. I'm a, a spectrum thinker like there's gray in the middle. It doesn't mean totally avoid um, westernized things because I if I have to take medicine, I will. If I have to go to the hospital, I will. If I have to go to OB, I will. You know what I'm saying? If I have to go to a psychologist or therapist, I will. But the balance comes when I know I have the power and the choice to choose who works for me. And I make an empowered decision rather than a forced decision. I know how to make an informed decision rather than a forced or conditioned or programmed decision out of fear. Now I'm empowered. And that is the balance. That is the difference in being um, in that conditioned unconscious state versus the empowered, liberated state of the mind. And that's what I'm all about, uplifting the spirit, liberating the mind, cultivating emotional maturity and awareness, and just basically the mastery of self. When you know thyself and when you know where you come from, you become way more than what people tell you you are. Man, that's deep. Gas yourself up, bro. Like, motivate yourself because you know what? You're not going to get that external validation from nobody. And I'm going to get into all that later, but that's more into relationships. Um, my relationships masterclass. I'm going to start doing IG lives 
um, not IG lives, but like Zoom, because you can you can say a little bit more on Zoom. But um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a video on basically what my masterclass is gonna entail. That's gonna be a separate episode or video, probably on my IG. Follow me on my IG if you're not already. The dot spiritual dot activist. You can find all my information on this uh, anchor platform as well. Like I have a link to my website, which kind of is a um a space where all of my platforms are in one felt swoop. So it's the best way to kind of just see everything. But uh yeah, follow me there because that's why I do probably more face to face. If you like to watch me, you know, in face sometimes I do videos and, and IG reels and, and IG TVs or lives or whatever like that. But yeah, so I'm gonna wrap this up before I get too long and start rambling. But I just had that, you know, inkling to record that as soon as I woke up this morning. When I remember stuff, I've stopped writing stuff down in my notepads and stuff. I'm just like, just write it. Just you feel that vibe speak on it and that's what i've been doing so peace love and light guys i wish you the best you know what drives me what drives me to continue pushing despite all of the energetic resistance i feel despite all of the mental resistance i feel those mental roadblocks the self-doubt the all these things that kind of hold me down the paranoia that when things go wrong is this a sign for this is this a sign for that but what keeps pushing me is being pissed off. The more pissed off I feel, the more I'm pushed to go harder to defeat and conquer whatever I feel like is trying to hold me back. Whether that's the purpose or whether that is intentional by these energies, whether good or bad, whether teachers or evil spirits or just my mind, it's still pushing me. So I don't dwell on racking my brain on what is it. I just know whatever it is, is keeping me moving. And that is something to let you guys know that no matter what is getting you going, whether it's a bad force, a good force, whatever, neutral force, if you are still moving within your system, within your body, within your spirit, it don't matter what's got you motivated, what's got you empowered, as long as it's got you empowered and moving in a positive, progressive way. And don't let anything or anyone stop you from following your dreams and chasing your dreams and getting the life that you know you desire, that you know you are worthy of having and attaining. But also what motivates me more specifically in my mission to uplift, motivate, and empower the, you know, African-American or BIPOC, you know, B-I-P-O-C um, community is, that's Black, Indigenous, People of Color um, community with the emphasis on African-American, is that when I went through my spiritual awakening, I, I dove deep into the spiritual community and dove deep into the um, self-improvement, self-empowering, new age spiritual movement, you know, uh, with the with the whole new, like, psychology aspect that's incorporated into spirituality and, like, all this stuff. And I just realized because I was in a deep, I was engulfed in that, in all of that. And so being so spiritually in tune, I was able to feel a lot of emotions and internalize a lot of emotions that I feel like a lot of people who are, who have the same mindset as me may be feeling. Like I felt like whatever I felt was the energies and the emotions that other people who are going through the same thing, who may look like me, who may feel like me, who may think like me, 
who carry the same kind of ancestral wounds as me may have be uh, feeling or maybe internalizing. And I'm like, dang, if other people are feeling like this, there has to be something better. There has to be another way because I was feeling so much guilt, shame. I was um, watching videos and seeing people putting these subtle, um, what do I call them, subliminal messages that were making me internalize that this is a thing that's my people type of thing. This is a black person thing problem. This is this is why we're such bad people. This is why we're such um, dysfunctional people, such um, unevolved people. Um, we're, um, I feel so much shame. I feel so much guilt. I feel so much self-judgment. I feel so much self-hate. I'm like, wait a minute. The whole reason I started my spiritual journey was to uh, heal these feelings. But I feel like the deeper I get into the spiritual community, community in this new age spiritual trend the more I feel like I'm feeling these things like I said it's counterproductive like the thing I'm trying to fix is creating the problem well the thing I'm using to fix my problem is actually creating the problem so it's creating this vicious cycle I'm like I'm not I'm trying to break cycles not create more <laughs> vicious cycles and this is why i say it's because it's a systemic it's a systemic issue it's rooted in white supremacy it's rooted in conditioning and programming that is designed to make you internalize um low dense energies and this is why i say the biggest oppression is not necessarily racial it is because a lot of times it starts with how you look in your skin color, but the biggest oppression that's the, the most powerful because it's not seen is the spiritual oppression, the emotional oppression, the way that things around our external environment fuel us with emotions that keep our spirit down, thus keeping us from progressively moving, keeping our spirit from moving, keeping us from moving. We're debilitated. We are stuck in this place of depression, anxiety, self-doubt, um, uh, vacant esteem, as Dr. Judy, Joy DeGruy talks about in post-traumatic slave syndrome, all of these feelings, and they're continuously perpetuated because we live in a society that has not acknowledge this it truly evades and deflects all the time and points fingers that is creating this cycle once again instead of saying oh yes i understand it's because of our history of oppression and um white supremacy and and all of these things instead of acknowledging that they just continuously make it seem like oh it's because you're a narcissist oh it's because you're a codependent oh it's because you have these trauma bonds oh it's because you you're this and you're that Pointing the finger. I always say when you before you point all them fingers at somebody else, make sure one of them is pointing at you. Make sure you can look in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these people who are sitting here labeling and diagnosing people who carry personality, characteristic, or behavioral traits that most likely stem from rooted um, history of oppression or white supremacy or, or slavery. How can you sit here and judge us and, and, and make us label ourselves as something less than when you're not even helping us see who we truly are you're not helping me you're not helping me feel understood and, and having some level of compassion or empathy or understanding for um who I am as a person and why I've become and why I made the decisions that I made and maybe help me make better decisions because I do believe ultimately deep down 
there are not good or bad people per se. Now, I do believe that there are spirits and entities maybe within the energy, you know, the world that may in some sense possess people because we are one mind and we do have these energies amongst us. But ultimately, the lower you are in in essence of who you are, the more susceptible or vulnerable you are to these energies. And what makes us low and vulnerable and susceptible to these energies is the way that our society has created this level of judgment so heavily influential that it makes us bring our own people down, bring each other down, and not have this level of unity consciousness. So that's what drives me. The fact that I want people to know that you're not this, don't see yourself in this dehumanized way that, you know, uh, white supremacist rooted psychology. Just look at the history. Why do you think there's black psychology? Because people realize that the people who are sitting here trying to tell us about ourselves are the people who most likely impacted, well, not necessarily them, but their ancestors are the ones who impacted the environment that we are in that created this personality trait, characteristic trait. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like you're part of the problem. And until you have addressed your unconscious biases, until you have acknowledged that the system is broken and not me, I'm not insane. I live in an asylum. And I'm trying to make sense of something that don't make sense. I have PTSD. I have post-traumatic slave syndrome because I have had to normalize an environment, a lifestyle, a childhood, a life that should not have been the way it is without the impact of the way society is. Do you see where I'm going with this? So what drives me is helping people know that they are not the problem. They're not the issue. And the, and when people start to have compassion for themselves, self-compassion, self-love, self-empathy, all these things, when you start to give yourself more love, self-love is more than self-care, even though it is an actionable physical thing, but it's also an emotional thing. You need to give yourself compassion. You need to give yourself grace. You need to give yourself love because no one out here is going to willingly give you that and don't wait around expecting this level of external validation. Self-love is the best love because it's the foundation of you need to have that rooted within you. You need to heal the ancestral wounds that are within you that make you feel less than. You need to let go of the conditioning and the programming that has made you hate, in essence, every single thing about you. From the strand of the hair on the top of your head to the toe. From flesh to spirit. You have to shift your whole mindset and detach from the masa mentality, the post-traumatic slave syndrome that is the hugest roadblocks in your life. For black people, spiritual, a spiritual journey does start off political because we cannot put on a mask of privilege. Yes, everyone has privileges, but the, the color of my skin is always going to be my initial roadblock. I was black before I was anything else. So despite all of the other prejudices and conditioning in our society, you know, being a black man, being a black woman, being a, uh, a homosexual uh, black person, whatever extra intersection that's added onto 
um, my level of identity, black is the first aspect that people see that has a level of inferiority in this society, in this world, you know? So these are the things that people have to understand when trying to tell a person, stop playing the race card. I will stop playing the race card, whatever you think I what that is, when that stops being my reality. It's not a victim mentality. It's a victim reality. And until you're walking in my shoes, you need to have some level of compassion and empathy and some need to understand my point of view. When you master perspective, when you master point of view, that is a mastery of understanding people that you cannot explain. When you can sit up there and have enough empathy and compassion for a person that you truly understand their perspective in life, then you gain a level of love for that person and that is how you gain that unity conscious. And that is how you know we are one. And until we start treating those um, based on worldly differences equally as human beings, I feel like we're losing it. We're, we're losing the basic necessity to treat people like human beings, treat people like people and not as labels and not as stereotypes and not as prejudices, not as these conditions that are unconsciously within us. Recognize your unconscious biases. Recognize your prejudice. Recognize the conditioning and programming that makes you act, think, and behave the way you do and feel the way you do. You know what I'm saying? Understand these things. These are the roadblocks within our world. These are the roadblocks within our society that we have to heal. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here, I'm like, why are black people doing all this shadow work, all this healing, getting stuck in the shadows, getting stuck in depression because they don't know and have no one to lead them out other than these spiritual teachers who are making them spiritually dependent on them and not really giving them solutions, like wanting them to stay stuck in this instead of giving them the, the, the self-confidence and encouragement to pull them out of these dark spaces to let them know that they are not broken they are already whole the healing is about in recognizing that that you are not broken that you do not necessarily need healing what needs healing is the system and your healing journey is a huge distraction and deflection from the roots of the problem i always say my motto in my whole empire is when you get to the roots you find the solution. Everything I say has a deeper meaning. The more your inner wisdom awakens, the more you'll truly understand that. But yeah, so that's that, that's what drives me. That's what gets me up every morning. That's to, to do work and to do little things and to post here and there, even though I may get only five likes or I have to know that I have to step outside of the uh, the matrix of social media, of marketing, because I don't have to see my audience to know that I am spiritually working still. I am spiritually uplifting the minds of a lot of people. The more, If I plant one seed in one person, they can change a whole legacy. They can change a whole family's dynamic. So the impact will ripple on forever. If I die today, I have made an impact that will ripple on forever in somebody, in some legacy somewhere and I know that deep down no matter if I get one like no matter if I'm shadow banned from every platform that I that I speak on if I go around and just speaking word to word in person man to man on the street woman to woman on the street I'm making an impact before there was a social media there was face-to-face -face interaction 
You go to the park and you talk to a table full of moms while your kid's playing. I've impacted 10 people right there. And based on those 10 people, those 10 seeds that have planted, they go back and plant it in their field. That field, that seed is harvested and has a whole plethora of crops that carry that, that, that word. And when the people eat that food, the millions of people that will eat that food, that seed is planted within them. That is how you reprogram and, re- and rewire. It's through word, through voice. That is how I heal. That is how I have been called as a messenger. Plant the seeds. Like hit Haru and and in uh, Thoth or Dehuti, knowing of all, you don't have to believe in them literally to understand the philosophy of who they are. The the knower of all, the like the education, um, hit Haru, you know people, uh, the house of heroes. So basically, the place where light workers, heroes, people who want to make an impact come to for healing. They heal through the they feed. This is the place where they recruit, regroup, and they get the word, and they take the word, and they go, and they feed it to the people. My voice is food for their soul. And I do have to thank um, Grand Voice of Raw, because um, she's a person who, you know, kind of helped me. Um, hone in like I was already doing you know my podcast and and doing these things and she kind of just affirmed it for me you know and I do have to thank her for that because she gave me that that push that I needed or not necessarily a well yeah push and like the validation to keep going and so this is why I can't stop because their drive there are still people out there who really think they're the problem who really feel they are the broken ones and not the system who are still in this total mind F-U-C-K of deflection of the accuser accusing of the oppressor oppressing of the person um, victimizing themselves instead of taking accountability. Accountability is the word of the century. <laughs> because that is something that people have a hard time doing. We have so much pride, which pride, and I, I don't mean a good pride. I mean, but we ha- we have so much pride as a survival tactic of a broken ego or a wounded ego that it is a huge roadblock for healing. It is a huge roadblock for healing. You have to know how to conquer your pride. And not that doesn't mean not be proud of who you are, because that's what I'm saying. There's a difference. You can be proud of who you are, and I do feel like the ego is not a bad thing. It's all about what is your ego defined as. Like, what is your sense of self? That's what makes the ego bad or good, bad versus good, whatever. Or uh, oppressing versus empowering. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm, I'm rambling now. I'm, I'm doing too much. <laughs> so I'm going to just end it right here. Hopefully there's enough gems in this episode that you kind of have an understanding of what drives me. And I hopefully it drives you too. Do you know why a stigma is created in our community? A stigma is created to control. All the narratives, labels, and all these things are a form of control, a form of keeping you boxed in spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever. Stagnant and stuck and not being able to progress, ascend, evolve, elevate, whatever you want to call it. Anything in progression. Change, heck, for at the simplest level. But it's like, think about 
um, government assistance or think about um, like food stamps, NCI, uh, Medicaid, all these governmental assistance things. Yes, some people may feel like this is a way for people to stay stuck and, and stagnant. And this is part of it that, you know, want you to be comfortable with what they give you. Yes, it can be. But it also can be seen as a crutch or a stepping stone or a um, uh, equity because at some point we have to realize we are at a disadvantage and we are um, being held back at the race while everyone else gets a head start or we, we're not getting the cheat codes of the game. And so we're having to do it the manual way. So sometimes the assistance, you have to learn how to use what people are putting in place to disempower you and use it to empower you. At the end of the day, when you realize you're a god and you're a goddess or whatever you want to call it in the limitless power that you have, you know that you can change trash into treasure. You can use whatever they think they use into oppression to keep you down as power. You can use all of the narratives that they have made you shadow and turn them into tools to strengthen your, you know, your arsenal or your uh tool belt to fight through and, and and add to your armor like you have to know how to use the world don't let the world use you you have to know how to play the game you have to understand the assignment <laughs> so you know what i'm saying at the end of the day and that's kind of all i want to put on that but like don't let oh uh, she on food stamps she on this she on that you dang skippy and and she's doing that or he's doing that to do what they got to do uh to gain the um financial freedom and economic power that they're trying to get to do what they need to do and what they came here to do so before you judge understand a person's story and don't always assume that a person is being lazy or don't want to work because a lot of us are out here really getting it out the mud and no one and i mean no one even when you are in integrity and not just asking for a handout or giving you anything not even resources not even advice not nothing nobody's out here giving nothing for free nobody's out here wanting to collaborate nobody's out here wanting to come together everybody's out here for themselves a lot of times. And so that's what I've learned on my journey. That's what I feel on my journey. And it's like I'm always trying to, you know, support and post pages and, and uplift the community. And, and and yes, I do have a level of expectation. I do feel like, you know, I want, I don't, it's hard for me to, like, continue to be a light, to continue to, to be this uplifting factor when everyone else cannot detach from that monster mentality. Everyone else cannot detach from that, um, hateration instead of collaboration mindset that crabs in a barrel mindset i'm going to keep talking about these things because these are some of the biggest issues that are detrimental to our community and until we get past the lack and scarcity mentality will we ever be abundant dang stereotypes labels narratives stigmas um prejudices, all these kind of like preconceived thoughts that we have about certain people based on whatever, you know, like how we perceive men, how we fear black men, how we think men are all predators or all distrusting and all. You know what? These labels and these narratives are true until a person detaches from those because we, we are one mind. We carry these narratives within our head. We all do. And this is why we judge. We judge based off these narratives that have been programmed within our mind. And don't let my human experience um, dictate how you feel or 
make you take something personally. Because if I come on here and say, uh, women, beware of predatory men, you know, I don't want a man listening to this to be like, to get defensive and start saying, see, this is why, this is why, because you have to know how to detach from a, from a, from a message and not take it personally. You have taken that as a personal shot to yourself because we as black people, we we feel as uh, representations of a whole. So as a black man, you feel like any um, any negative, perceived negative comment against a man is automatically a reflection of you. When honestly, it's not. You can make a choice to not be there. But what we have to understand is some of these narratives, labels, and um, stereotypes are true until they are healed. There are sorry niggas out there. There are sorry females out there. There are sorry people out there. Like this point blank period. There are manipulative people out there. There are abusive men out there. There are abusive women out there. There, But you don't have to look at them as like your truth or generalize for all men like all men are this or all black men are this or all women are this you don't have to take it personally and and as a direct shot at you because when you when that defensive part starts to kick in when you start to get triggered you're no longer at a state of higher perspective you're no longer aligned with discernment or your higher self now you're aligned with your ego and with your wounds and with your feelings but sometimes being triggered is a teacher. Not even sometimes, all the time. Being triggered is a teacher because you're able to see why am I feeling this way? What What is it pulling on? And what pain is that? Uh, maybe as a man, you, you have a feeling of, you know, I'm tired of walking through this world feeling like threat or be threatened or feeling like, you know, I'm this predator and that I cannot be friendly or cannot be um social or I cannot be loving without being perceived as being a predator or being a this or being that. There are pains that we all carry. There are wounds that we all carry based on these narratives. But that's what I'm trying to say. We have to break the cycle and start to heal them. And the only way you can do it is to detach and not become what they're saying. Prove it wrong. That's the only way. Prove it wrong. You don't have to be what you have been predestined to be, what you what the statistic is or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, I just, I want to just kind of put that disclaimer because it's very important when we're going through life to detach from the labels and all these other things that we have defined us. Ignore my son burping in the background. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I wanted to kind of say on that.